Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside the next episode of Garage Door Sports. We are now on episode 13 of the podcast. Unfortunately, Justin couldn't be with us today. He uh, got a new job, is moving this week, so we gave him the week off. But uh, as always, I'm here as your host, Nick McVicker. We called in some backups. We got some recruits coming in. They host their own podcast. Let's introduce them right now. Our first guest is joining us from London, Ontario, former Western Mustang, now just current student, my good buddy Luke Sewell. How you doing, Luke? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for, thanks for having us on, buddy. Oh, just always a happy. current student. I didn't say just. I said now a current student. Get your words right. <laughs> and our other guest is joining us all the way from British Columbia. Another former teammate of ours and uh, former McMaster Marauder. Now he's doing an internship out there. Uh, thanks for coming on. Kieran Doyle Davis. Happy to be on, Nick. Always always a pleasure to help out a former teammate. Yeah, good times we used to have. Um, this week we're going to talk a little bit of uh, NHL. We're going to talk some soccer because you guys have your own podcast, the Luke and Kieran podcast, and uh, I'm a big fan of it. I'm glad you guys keep doing it because it's one of the few ways I actually get to talk some soccer or at least listen to you guys talk some soccer. So thank you for keeping up that up. I'm glad to hear. Uh, but let's get let's get right into it. We'll talk some NHL to start. And Kieran, your favorite team, I believe, is the Washington Capitals, correct? Correct. And, and my favorite player is Alexander Ovechkin. Oh, good. And uh, Luke, you're a Leafs fan as far as I remember. I remember. Through and through, buddy. Through and through. Well, those two teams met on the weekend, and uh, I'm sorry, Luke, it didn't go the way you wanted it to. Ovechkin did what he always does, and he absolutely torched the Leafs. Yeah, he's kind of mean, isn't he? He puts up crazy numbers, man. I don't know what it is about playing in Toronto, but he absolutely brutalizes us every time we go out there. And it's not just in Toronto. It's every time he plays Toronto. I was looking at the stats today. He scores at a ridiculous rate. He scores 0.82 goals per game against the Leafs. He has 36 goals in 44 games in his career. That's, that's ridiculous. His point totals are even more ridiculous. He he averages 1.43 go- points per game against the Leafs. He has 63 points. Yeah. That's like video game numbers. That is. Now, now you understand why he's my favorite player. Yeah, yeah. I hate him so much. <laughs> let's put it. Let's put this into perspective, okay? There's three teams that he has more points per game against. He hasn't played more than 15 games against any of them. It's the St. Louis Blues, which he's played 15 games against, has 25 points. The Minnesota Wild, who he has, he's played 13 games against, has 21 points. And the Anaheim Ducks, who he's played 14 games against and has 21 points. Like, that's that's just dumb. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what it is about good players coming to Toronto. And that's the thing. I, I looked into it. You know Crosby averages 1.49 points against the Leafs? That's, yep. That's just, that's just I, painful. I, I didn't know the exact digit. That's just painful. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a, a the ACC is the, the mecca of hockey and these superstars come and realize how important a place historically it is and they just decide to put on a show every time yeah i mean it's totally possible it's definitely possible like it's like when you play at old trafford when you play at the bernabeu and 
for Madrid anywhere. Like, you want to play in the best stadiums. So hopefully when we change the name to Scotiabank, people <laughs> care about it less, and they stop scoring against us. That'd be nice. I, I don't see it happening, but that, that'd be nice. Like, it's crazy. Like, you look at some of the other, like, top players. Like, let's say Steven Stamkos. He has 38 points in 31 games against the Leafs. And that's not just games in Toronto. That's games against the Leafs in general. So all these te- all these top players always seem to score against the Leafs. I'm wondering if it's something about, God, I don't know, like because it is the Maple Leafs and they want to do it against the original six leaders or the Montreal Canadiens. I want to know what they do against the Canadiens because it's, it's ridiculous. How much of it do you think is the fact that until relatively recently the Leafs have been quite poor? It's like totally in the past possible. decade. Yeah, that'll that definitely is and it like very price and the Habs have been so like dominant defensively as however long. So it doesn't help going up against one of the the best goalie in the league probably unanimously for the past five years. Yeah, against a team that just leaks goals, and we're still leaking goals this year. We still leak so, goals. The pro- the difference is now we're scoring more than we leak. So it's, I don't know. I just I find it amazing to see. Like even I looked at Sagan, and he's averaging just about a, a point a game against the Leafs. That one hurts yeah. more because you know we probably could have had Sagan, but still. <laughs> don't even get me started on anything to do with the Leafs in Boston. <laughs> I didn't come on here to talk Leafs Boston. I, I didn't expect <laughs> you to talk Leafs Boston. I just said. Regardless, so, I just thought so it was funny. I, so I just looked up the the stats just, just to see something. He, Ovechkin, historically against the Canadians, is quite good as well. 27 goals, 21 yeah. assists in 43 games. Yeah, I'm looking at um, it right now too. So, and, and the other team that he's just brutalized is the Winnipeg Jets. 40, yes, forty-five goals, forty-three assists in sixty-one games. Like, yeah, but that's the difference. He's played sixty-one games against them. He averages it's more consistently point. that good, though. I know, but he averages more points per game against the Leafs. Oh, for sure, for that's... sure. But it's, I guess, how much of it is just Ovechkin's actually a very good player on oh, top no, of all of it. That's the thing. Yeah, like, like all these players that when it comes to the push and shove, he's he's the best goal scorer the NHL has ever seen, as far as I'm concerned. Ooh, that's fire. That's ballsy, and but okay. I hate him, and I hate him, but I don't think anyone has done it quite as professionally as he has, and he still has probably two or three 40-goal seasons left in him. So. Oh, yeah. So, so I don't want to I don't want to drag this too far off topic, but here's my question. Okay. Yeah. If Ovi never wins the Stanley Cup, where do you rank him in the all-time leaderboard? One of the best pure scorers of all time. Like, are you, uh, if you're I, looking you know, for, like, a digit value? Um, no, not, not necessarily a digit value, but give give me a comparison of another player you can put him alongside. Wow. Um, as far as skill or as far as what we what his uh, career achieved? His his, his legacy, his His, his legacy, ability. okay. I mean, I, like, that's, that's kind of the thing, right, is yeah. someone like Charles Barkley in the NBA, for example. Charles Barkley was a supremely talented player, but no championships. Yeah. He has no rings. And how much does something like that discredit how a player is remembered? That's a good question. Jeez. Um, uh, Jerome McGinley? He's never won a cup. I think he's better than uh, Iggy, though. 
Yeah, like, I, mean, I don't even I, think, he is, I don't even been, think that's the same route. I think of, if you no, ask me, not. mine would be uh, Bure. Yeah, that's yeah, actually like that's, that's probably the best. Fair. Yeah, that's a good shout actually. Right, Bure was like, a true goal scorer. Yeah, he didn't do yeah. much else. But he no, I think the difference was he played more defense than Ovechkin did. But probably. he was. I think Ovechkin is a better pure goal scorer, so the lacking defense made is made up for there. Yeah. I don't know. I was just just curious, I guess. No, that was that was a good one. Because what he's good at, you can't take anything away from him. No, God. It's just the rest of his game and his winning habits aren't exactly there, but Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's a good guy too. (laughs) You know what? I'll give you a first hand story of how good a guy he is. When I was eleven my friend's dad was the assistant GM of the Leafs at the time, Jeff Jackson. Yep. Nice. And as Great an guy. early as an early birthday present, um, I got to go to the ACC and watch Caps Leafs, and I got to sit in the box, and I sat next to Wendell Clark, and it was a great old time. And then the third period, we went down to like platinum level seats or whatever, and watched from there. And then we got to meet all the players in the tunnel afterwards. That's pretty and I sweet. met Olaf Coles. I met Olaf Kolzig. I met Ovi, and Ovi by far in his horrible English. Because this was like his second season, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just broken, broken English. <laughs> just the just the nicest guy. He took a picture with everyone. Like, I mean, he just scored three or four goals, so he was in a good mood. But <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to see that after he gets shut out and doesn't get any shots on him. Yeah. But but a, a, a genuinely good guy at, from what I can remember. That's yeah, like I hate him. I hate him on the ice. I don't hate him for stuff that he does off the ice and no. his philanthropic adventures and stuff. Yeah, I. I wish he did just didn't brutalize the Leafs like he always does. That's 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 <laughs> no. all I would care about because he doesn't play my <laughs> other team, so I don't have to worry. To. Yeah, he doesn't have to. He doesn't play Colorado very often, so I'm good. There you go. <laughs> so Nick, Nick, what do you think of the Leafs this year? To take it away from Ovi. What do I think of the Leafs this year? Yeah, I think where, where... I think they're either as good or better than they were last year, which is a good thing because everyone was really worried about the rookies taking a step back. Maybe one of them has, but even then, they've played well. They're just not putting the points up like they did last year. So they're in a good spot. And Anderson is back to being the middle of the season Anderson. So you can expect them to actually play well every game. Yeah, he's he's a notorious slow starter. Yeah. Though, so like that's what I'm saying. We're still getting points when he's playing bad. I just this defense man is absolutely painful to watch. I'm glad they brought Polak back. I uh, yeah, like I'm one of his advocates actually. I think he's exponentially better than Connor Carrick. I hate Connor Carrick. <laughs> Connor Carrick is a great third line defensive pair. I can't stand him. <laughs> I want him gone so bad. So, so I I I haven't followed the Leafs that closely this year. Yeah. But if they were to make moves later on in the season or towards the deadline, what like obviously defense is an issue for them. Is there it anyone has, that you can it's the only issue at this point going for? Um, it has to. They got to go. They got to go for someone on the uh, Kings or the. I think we have young guys coming through that are all. Left. Yeah. As well. I think the big thing is they'd have to go for somebody like on the Knights who have way too many defensemen right now. 
Like they have they have to attack a team who can afford to give up defensemen because not a whole lot can. And right-handed shot defensemen are not readily available anymore. So you're looking at it to be a very very tough deal if they want to make it. They have the pro- they have the forward prospects to do it, but whether or not they can actually do it is the issue. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see. I mean, just from my cursory view of things, and and I mean, I'm no hockey expert by any means. It just seems like their division is bad enough that they can get by without making any overhaul to the defensive unit. I honestly think that they will make it to the second round of the playoffs with no issues this year. After Tampa Bay, who they're not going to face in the first round, there's no one in their division who is going to even give them a run for their money. Like, Detroit is sitting in third right now. No, but I'm like, if you look at their division, Detroit's sitting in third right now. They're, They're six points back with one game in hand, but I wouldn't be overly scared of a team that has a negative goal differential at this point and really can't score. They're just being saved by their goalie. Yeah. Boston's the next team. I'm not overly scared of Boston either because they can't score. And then the bottom four teams in the conference are in their division. Montreal, Ottawa, Florida, and Buffalo. Montreal have no center depth. Their offense is putrid. So they're not they're not really a, a scare. They've given up 81 goals in 25 games. They have a negative 21 goal differential. That's not a scary team in my book. The only one that I might be sort of scared against is Ottawa because they haven't played up to their potential. No, they haven't. Um, you got to be careful about Ottawa too because yeah. Duchesne's still learning the system. Carlson is the best player probably in the division. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not denying Maybe so, Matthews, but... Yeah, maybe like, Stamkos too. There's a lot of good players, but Carlson is next level, man. Oh, like, I know. He's and, he's unbelievable. Him dragging them on the playoffs is ridiculous. Yeah. So honestly, they could get to the division final with ease. I think this year, just based off of how everyone else in the division is playing, it's not a guarantee. It'd be nice if they were sitting in first and not second, but. That's that's my assessment. Yeah, I don't know. There was, and it's early. Yeah, it's they're twenty five games in. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, let's move on to another team who's been pretty good this year. After a very on off start, the Winnipeg Jets have flew up the standings, flown up the standings. Nice English there. After starting this the season. Four and five with one OT loss in that. They've gone on to put up a a ridiculous record of 15, Um, six, and three. They're sitting second in their division, third overall in the entire NHL. Where did this come from? The Jets were not supposed to be this good. Um, they can score in bunches. Apparently, what it comes down, Hellebuck's out of his mind. Yeah, it's. Like I was just surprised after they started the season zero and two. Oh yeah, they started the season zero and two. It's just Hellebuck 
should have been the starter from day one. And I don't think that should even be up for debate. He is better than Steve Mason. Agreed. And I don't know, like, Maurice is a streaky coach, though, man. Like, they almost nicked into the playoffs at the end of last year, too. Yeah, I know. I just didn't think they were going to be this good, though. I still think it's early. I, like, I think that's probably one of the toughest divisions. Oh, 100% one of the toughest divisions. Like, don't sleep on the Blackhawks. They're actually playing right now. Um, They're tied 1-1 with the Predators. Don't sleep on the Predators. The Stars are liable to pop off at any minute with Ben and Sagan, the Wild find a way into the playoffs every year. Like, and they're all teams that have been there. And you know the sad thing is, Colorado's nine points back of them with two games in hand. Like yeah. that division is ridiculously good this year. It is. McKinnon's playing out of his mind this year. By the way, completely I, off topic. I know but... it makes my heart warm because I can actually watch a team <laughs> and be happy for a while. I love him. I love him. Uh, but yeah, it's just I was just surprised. I didn't think they were going to be this good at the start of the year. They are sitting second and like comfortably playing well. They have 80 goals for, 64 goals against. And I know a lot of that has to do with Hellebuck playing ridiculous at this point. But that defense still scares me. Is the way to put it. Because they're either really, really good or really, really bad. There's no in between with that defense. So do you, do you do you think it's sustainable though? No, it could be. Like ultimately, to me, I look at it and I say, okay, they were five and four at the beginning of the season, and that's like about a third of the games they've played so far. They were four and five at and the beginning the of the season. And then the second two thirds, they've been sure even worse. And and then the second two thirds of that, they've been quite hot. As in, they've lost two games through overtime three overtime losses since then. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like they're a quarter of the way through. If, if they continue on that pace, sure, they'll be fine. But yeah, I have, I have concerns like you about whether that's sustainable or not. See, like I, I said this at the beginning of the year when we did our season previews, if you yep. look just by name at their defense, they are really strong. They got Jacob Truba, Dustin Bufflin and Tyler Myers as your three right-hand shot defensemen. That's that's a good three. And even on the left, they got Josh Morrissey, who's a good young player. Ben Shira, who he's pretty good too. And Dmitry Kulikov's your third-line defensive pairing. Like by name and by what they've done, that's a good. Those are good pairs. But I just don't see the consistency, unfortunately. I find they. There are a lot of defensemen liable to switch off yeah. at any moment in time. I like Truba. I think he's the best out of the six. Um, I think Bufflin is a bit too stupid. And that, like, I think he's a great player. I just think he's <laughs> stupid. He does dumb things at dumb times. And takes penalties, and that's the issue. And, and Yeah, and his brain switch. Like, I think Truba is by far the best out of the six. Tyler, Tyler Myers is a Band-Aid. Morrissey, I think, is really good. Okay, but the how many two, how I, many other teams in the league would have Tyler Myers as their third line right shot defenseman, as a right handed shot? No, not many. And like I, I rate that, I rate that highly. They, I just think they need to find some way to kind of like their names on paper are better than Pittsburgh's defenseman, that defense core that won the cup last year, easily. But their games, their games aren't 
there. Like Pittsburgh played simple. They played get the puck out, let the skilled players do their thing. But yep. these defensemen are struggling to play simple. Yeah. They're struggling well, to this year they this year they're not. Minutes. This year they're playing simple. It's just whether yeah. or not they can continue to play simple. That's the issue. Yeah, you got to put it together for 60 minutes over 82 games and then into the playoffs. Yeah. And even if I like I I'm not surprised I won't I don't expect them to stay in second. I expect the, probably they'll nick a wild card spot. That's what we thought at the beginning of the year too. So they could be a wild card team. They could be a I think they're just going to be a playoff team at this point the way they're playing. Mhm. All right, let's move on to two yes. other really hot teams. You ready for this, guys? Sure. The New Hit Jersey me. Devils and the Vegas Golden Knights are s- sitting in first in their divisions. Who who picked that before the season? Uh, it, nobody. Nobody wow. in the face of the earth. Not even Vegas so, and uh, Devils fans. Like, it didn't happen. So I, I looked at the Vegas Golden Knights roster preseason, and and – if you told if if a time traveler from the future came and said put all the money you have on them being first in their division on November twenty eighth two thousand seventeen, I would have thought it was someone escaped from a mental institution. Oh yeah, <laughs> no one would believe it. Like their top line is James Neal, James Neal, Eric Howla, and Brandon Leipzig, former Leaf, For, former Leaf who couldn't even make the Leafs. <laughs> no, there's there's nothing like that. I'm, are... If that's a second line, I'm okay with it. It's not a first line. They are statistical variants at its finest. Oh yeah, yeah, they are they are outliers. But at the same time, um, I heard something. I heard something really good today. I was listening to the uh, NHL Network radio, and the analyst I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, but he was talking about the Vegas Knights, and he said they have probably three lines that could be a second line on any other team, like a decent second line on any other team. And then their fourth line is probably a pretty good third line on other teams. And if you look at it, it's pretty true. They don't have any real stars, so they're not going to make a first line. But James Neal, Eric Howla, Brandon Leipzig is line number one. Riley Smith, William Carlson, Jonathan Marchessault, Alex Tuck, Cody Eakin, Thomas Nosek. And then their fourth line is Oscar Lindbergh, Pierre-Edward Belmar, and Stefan Matteau who's just filling in because they have some injuries. Oh, man. That, I almost threw up listening to that. <laughs> well, tell me how you really feel, Luke. Jeez. But it's, but it's, ba- but it's balanced. Yeah, it's balanced. It it's balanced. That's it's the just, issue. You know who's super mad right now? The Florida Panthers. Oh, yeah. How good does Gerard Gallant look right now? He looks great, but he's keeping it a very well, simple like, system. He's got to be like the front runner for coach of the year right now. Well, he's taken an expansion team and won 15 games. Do you realize that the Capitals only won eight their first year? No expansion team has ever made the playoffs in their first year, I don't think. Yeah, I, I, really? I would probably, I would believe that. I would believe that. I don't easily. think so. That's a, I would find that surprising. Maybe when it was expanding why, from but... six to, I think it was twelve, the first expansion or something, or eight. Yeah, like maybe, that, but like in in the division conference era. Yeah, I don't think I, I think you're right. Any large large uh, caliber expansion team has ever large scale is probably the best word. Yeah, yeah I like, think you're right. So I what they've done is unbelievable, and they got very lucky. How many other teams can go through four goalies and not only stay afloat but stay first in the division? Uh. <laughs> 
I, I don't I don't know if I could even name another one that has four goalies that could do that. Man, no one can. No one can, <laughs> and they did. It's it's just it's it's Vegas though. Like <laughs> anything can happen in Vegas. You know, all those smoke screens are there. They're just making people think that they're bad, and they're actually really good. I don't know. You think I all mean, these players like purposely played bad for like six years and then we're just they, like they sandbagged. It's a large conspiracy that they're gonna go to the Golden Knights and win the cup. That okay. Are you ready for this though? This. Yeah. They're home away splits. They're six five and one on the road. You wanna give me their home standings? Stupid I mean, good. Nine and one. Jesus. No overtime <laughs> losses, one loss, nine wins at home. Any chance it's the Vegas theory? Guys are just having way too much fun. I bet you anything they've got people that pick up other teams at the airport (laughs) straight to the club, and then they do not leave the club or the casino until game time. The Vegas theory. It it has to be. It's got to be. It's like the Tottenham Wembley curse, just like on drugs. (laughs) (laughs) And because also the flipped. They're literally on drugs because they're in Vegas. <laughs> and also flipped, but <laughs> yeah, like that's ridiculous. Nine yeah. and one. Yeah. Like even the Blues have lost it's three impressive. games at home. It's impressive, and I mean, it, it's the same. The same concern as the Jets, though, is is it sustainable? Like you, you look at other sports for inspiration, and there are lots of teams that have like undeniably impressive home records Yeah, to drop back to soccer because that's the only thing Luke and I know anything about. <laughs> you look at Burnley. Dude. Burn, burn, Burnley at Turf more last year yeah. were the first half of the season were the Unbeatable. best home team in the Premier League aside from maybe Chelsea. And then the second half of the season they regressed back to slightly better than average at home. Yeah. I just, so I, I love it. That they're doing this. Other and, side of the coin. How many times did we ask? Oh, Lester's going to lose this game. Ah, oh, they got to lose now. Yeah, what, but two then, years ago. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then you, you, the flip side of that is how poor were they the next season? It's true. It's like they built up all their good luck for one year and then got all the bad luck the next year. Yeah. So I mean, it's plausible, but that's the nice thing about having an eighty-game season is those yeah quirks of luck or or whatever you want to call it tend to even themselves out a little yeah. bit more and you know what there's a team doing the opposite and that's the devils the devil's away record eight two and two they're six they're four and two home. at they're six four and two at home eight two and two away strange and they're first in their division as well like <laughs> i had them pinpointed to be the worst team in the league this year like, we did a 30-team spread oh, hold on. in the house, and I thought they were going to be the worst team in the league. You had them below Arizona and Buffalo? Yeah. What is wrong with you? The Coyotes are pretty what? bad. I don't know how you'd have them below them. <laughs> I didn't think the Coyotes would be such a dumpster fire. but They no, don't listen, have listen. a goalie. They listen, have Ranta, who's so not long. that good. They went so long without winning that their team subreddit changed to pictures of actual coyotes until they won a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no God. way. 
Yes, they they lost. I think they lost like ten games in a row at one point or something. Yeah, and they went so long that they're like, we're not posting anything about hockey until we win a game, and it was pictures of coyotes for like a month. Oh god, that's amazing. That's painful. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they're they're bad. Actually, they've been decently better in the last ten games. They're four, five, and one in their last ten. They only have six wins on the season. So I mean. That's pretty good. They're, they're yeah, but they, they lit up Eastern Canada is what they did. They, four of the, Three of those four wins are the Habs, the Leafs, and the Senators. And what's your point? They count. They haven't won in the West yet. Yeah, that's... They haven't beat a team in their conference. They beat the Kings. Oh, God, they didn't, did they? They did. Oh, nice. Oh, God, I'm going to cry the king the kings are in a bad stretch though and they beat the kings are playing about poor right now they also beat carolina who's played well and there was another big one i thought they beat philly but that doesn't really count because philly's terrible oh my god philly's making me sad i guess that's it all right that's all i got (laughs) um but you want to talk about the devils let's talk about good players playing well against toronto Corey schneider always Oh my God, he has been unbeatable this year against the Leafs. He's, but he's always done that against the Leafs. Already. Yeah, for on his he was, he took it up a notch this year. Like, yeah. Oh man, he's so good. He does not get enough love as an elite goaltender because his team's been so bad. Hopefully, he gets some credit thrown his way this year. Yeah. They're they're in a bit of a tough stretch right now. Actually, they've been in a bit of a tough stretch right now, and they've done really well. They've won three of their last four games, three of them going yeah, into yeah. overtime. Or two, that's right. They, they've split their last two games. No, they won three. What am I saying? They've won three of their last four games. Three of them have gone into overtime. They just lost to the Leafs one nothing, like, in overtime. So a lot of their games end up going to extra time, and they're still pulling it out. They've played three games in the last four days. Yeah, they're they're annoying. They're I, I'm not a huge fan of the Devils, to be honest. I, I like I like Corey Crawford or Corey Schneider, but I actually really don't like the Devils, and it is like a huge grievance to me that they're in first in their division right now. <laughs> Who would you rather have in first in that division? Who would I rather have? Yeah, let's just put Washington up know. there. The ca- the anyone, Capitals. anyone but the Rangers. I would put, I'm, I would I'm happy the pens finished. aren't there. We don't need a three-peat. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that one. I would love the pens to win again. Why? Oh, you're boring. <laughs> I love legacies. I want Sidney Crosby to win every cup until... Unless the Leafs are winning the cup, I want Sidney Crosby to win every cup. All right, then. Or Jonathan Taze. Johnny Taze. It- is it a sin? Is it a sin that I really don't like Sidney Crosby as a Canadian? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Do you like, like another I, Canadian? I, this is my question because you like Ovechkin, so it might be. Let, okay, I, I don't want to be that guy, but there have been multiple games where I have actively cheered for Russia over Canada. Okay. Now and with that, we're going to have to mute Kieran. <laughs> no, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> I, uh, I can't. I can't remember what what World Juniors it was. It might have been the one where the Russians got in trouble for partying on the airplane afterwards. <laughs> um, but I posted on Facebook just to stir the pot, the Russian national anthem, every day for like a week. Yeah, I remember that. 
and 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 it, it stirred the pot. I'll put it that way. <laughs> You're a knob. Yeah, a little bit. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Then it is blasphemy. Go away. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think. I'm like... <laughs> Go ahead, guys. I I like I like I like McDavid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Nice cop out. Welcome back. You sound um... Like a child. You sound <laughs> like a three-year-old child that wants a jersey for Christmas. I like yeah, McDavid. Like... Okay. Oh boy. Moving on, Luke. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Moving on. Let's uh, switch gears. We'll go talk some soccer now. Get over to your game, guys. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, today, United pulled out a absolutely horrible win. I know, Kieran, you were at work, but I managed to watch the whole thing, and I almost turned it off 18 times in the last 18 minutes. <laughs> it was bad. So I'll get my I'll get my impressions out of the way because I just listened to the match on the radio, so I, I, I don't have visuals. Um, but how interesting is the revival of Ashley Young? I love it. I love Ashley Young. I always did. I thought he was just past his prime, but apparently he's back to playing well, and I like it. I I've never liked Ashley Young in terms of like character and and as as a player. Like I rated him. I thought he was good, but I just thought he was kind of a loser uh fair but since since the spat between him and Dele Alley, where he said come talk to me when you were in the league i'm all for it get get him on the plane to russia <laughs> well, i he's mean he's well. been back in the english squad he's played well he might deserve it but it, yeah it, it's interesting to see especially as a left back because it's yeah. so um it's so anti-england well, it's, so it it's so not what you would expect from him he's yeah He's totally revitalized his game. He's totally changed how he plays. Yeah, and it's fun to watch. It is. To be honest, I bit into the four three three today. I liked it. I I liked the formation. I liked how they played. They or I liked how they set up. I just did not like how they played. Yeah, like I don't know. I have a huge issue with the second half, especially. The second half was atrocious. Oh First half, we were running, and I was talking with one of our guys that we write with and he said Matic was our like our second worst player. I don't care. He was also he the off spine by, of that team. He was also off by like the yeah, we took him 30 off second minute or whatever. To save him save him for Arsenal Man United. No, he was then, hurt. He left before half, didn't he? After. Was it after? But uh, the whole game is just a blur. Yeah, he's he went off and like Herrera doesn't even play in the middle anymore. Like he he just he plays in the back line. Yeah. And then the ball will go right and he'll play on the right wing and then the ball will come left and he'll play on the left wing and he'll just completely vacate the middle of the park trying to be positionally clever and he's positionally crap. Yeah. He's very undisciplined. Yeah. I it's, I've, he's trying to he's play that atrocious. floater role and he can't do it. Yeah, I think it, like without without turning into one of those like nouveau tactic blogs. Um like United have done a really poor job this season of getting midfield control, which is so not Jose Mourinho. No, no. And for the first, the first kind of like eight or so games when you were steamrolling everyone, it was easy because you were playing mostly teams 
middle or teams who are just bad. Yeah. And so you could pl- you could play Matic Pogba and and Mkhitaryan or Matic Pogba and anyone as as a three and they were dominant but I mean now that you have Pogba has kind of he he was injured for a long time and and with no Pogba your midfield was absent. Yeah, was now that he's back, it was non-existent. He, he's maybe yeah, but now he's back he's maybe not at the same level. Matic is starting to drop off the way he did for Chelsea in previous seasons, but I think is still a really important figure. It's just, it's something that Luke and I have talked a lot about, yeah. is the third piece of the puzzle. It's just not there. No. no. Although I will say this, this, when Matic and Pogba were on the pitch today, they weren't terrible together. No. They, the rest no. of the team just was kind of all over the place. No. You, yeah, you, can, put, you can put those two and almost any third and you'll be good for most people, depending how how the rest of your team defends and how good yeah. your front four are. But, I mean, like we're talking about, realistically, City are going to run away with run away with the league. But the rest of the top don't six say that we still is, have hope. No, I've we don't. None. No, I mean <laughs> the rest of the league has to have some hope. Okay, we can't let them run away yet. <laughs> not yet. It's not we'll Christmas. See. But the 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 other teams, it's really going to be decided by who does the best in the big matches. Oh yeah. And if yeah. and if I mean, so far, Chelsea have the best record of the rest of the league, other than Manchester City against other top six teams. Chelsea have eight points. City have nine. Chelsea have also played five. Yeah. The only team they haven't played is. Uh... No, we've played all of them now because you can't play yourself, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's usually like how it United works. Have played, United have played three and have, or no, United have played two and have four points, which is good if they keep that up. We played three. Who am I missing? Chelsea, we lost. Oh yes, you lost. Right, thank you. Yeah, that, um, was, that was fun. And, and you've, and you've got you just, four points. You actually didn't forget. You just wanted me to bring it up. I, yeah. I genuinely couldn't remember. I knew <laughs> you lost the third, but I couldn't. Remember. Yeah, it's but yeah, it, 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 it's. I mean, midfield control is a huge issue for United. It is. Yeah. Hopefully January business is good for the first time in a while. But Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Moving uh, on. What other big stories do you guys have from the EPL? I know you guys talk soccer every week. I don't really get a chance to. Um, so I was wondering what you guys thought were main big stories in the league so far. Um, I mean, go ahead, Gary. I th- I think I I mean like I'll give one positive one negative I mean from the negative side, um, the the biggest one is Everton. It's got Everton be. spent a colossal amount of money to replace Romelu Lukaku, um, and it, it it's just gone all wrong. Wrong. Yeah. Ronald Coleman was sacked appropriately process for hiring a new manager is reminiscent of like a, a comedy film it, it it's been it, really i, I don't want to say disappointing i don't like everton at the club and i've gotten a lot of stick from everton um but it's really almost shameful to see how poor like not even west ham could mess up spending 150 million pounds that badly no and west ham's brutal so yeah and the positive, the positive storyline, I, I think, has been the emergence of young English talent. Yeah, I think for a lot That's of a people, 
I, th I think for a lot of people, there's hesitation about, about Gareth Southgate as a manager, considering all of his club jobs, he's been mostly terrible. Um, but with the U21s, he did a pretty good job in terms of bringing players through and getting them appropriate opportunities. And now he's gone to the senior national team, and okay, they didn't play the best football, and they didn't smash anyone, but they ha I don't I don't think they can seeded a goal in the second half of qualifying, maybe one. Um, yeah, and he's got them playing in a, a new system. He's getting their best players on the pitch. He's bringing young players into the squad and giving them a taste of English senior football. So, I mean, you look at players like Loftus-Cheek, Chalaba before he got injured, Rashford, Sterling. Like, yeah, it, it, it's. I saw a tweet the other day that was something like, it's going to be really fun to watch how England mess up at the World Cup with their young talent playing this well. <laughs> but it's England, so, so, I mean, they'll make it out of the round and then they'll lose, right? Is that... we'll, lose to, we'll lose to Portugal in a shootout in the yeah. It's okay. Speaking we we know that's going to happen. What? Draw is Friday. I'm so, eager to find out what game I'm going to. Oh, yeah, because you're going. Oh, that's fair enough, right? You're going. I hate you. I forgot about that. Luke, what, what's you. your story? Um, well, if we're going to touch one positive, one negative, um, I guess the negative has to be Crystal Palace getting themselves relegated before <laughs> November. Before Christmas. Like, just... It's it's the worst start anyone in the top flight has ever really seen. And really, anyone... you ready for this? There, there's a there's a team who got eleven points once. It's the worst start. It's not the worst. They like Palace have like eight points. Nine. Yeah, they're like they got a tie today. You guys you guys missed that. No, I saw. They, I they just I just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, like I just think zero goals, zero points through seven. I think it was. Yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, I'll brutal. give you that. That was brutal. That's my. That's. I'll give you that. And like we did kind of pseudo math on the, on our podcast the other week, and we figured they needed to get something like thirty-one points from twenty-seven games to finish the year. Six of just those tough. be, six of those being against top six, so assume they lose all those. 31 points from 21 games, something like that. It's tough. Not bloody likely. No. Yes, but, but I mean, um, the, the bottom t part of this division right now, Swansea's on nine points, tied with Crystal Palace for last, by the way. West Ham's on 10. Everton's on 12. West Brom's on 12. Like, there's like... Uh, Stoke's Stoke on, 13. on 13. Bournemouth on 14. I mean, I think... I, I agree with you, Luke. I think Palace are probably going to go down, and I think they've been really terrible. But, like, the bottom seven or so is going to be really tight this year. Because I think yeah, a lot the of relegation really... battle is going to be fun. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of really terrible teams. Yeah, it looks like the two best battles this year are going to be the relegation battle and the battle for second. I think the battle for fourth is going to be even better than the battle for second. Battle for fourth is going to be brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so what's, what's your, your positive? positive one, then? Yeah. My positive is something that we actually have got sick about talking about. We're sick of talking about on our podcast. And oh, goody. If Man City keep this pace up, they may be the best team the Premier League has ever seen. Yeah. It, it begrudges me to say so, but I agree. It I, sickens I mean, it me. It begrudges you. <laughs> it begrudges you, the Chelsea fan. Yeah. I'm no, with I you, mean, Luke. I mean, it sickens me, so. 
But I hate that. I almost use that as my negative. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the way I see it is, is they have to do one of two things to be the best team of all time. They either have to break the points record or they have to go undefeated. If they do either of those things, they're the best Premier League team of all time. If they do both, they're the best team ever, period. No, all leagues. Because if they do both, they're breaking 100 points in the most competitive league that's never, ever... The points record's 95. Yeah. Yeah. If, like, and if they break 100 points, if they break 100 points, they're the best league team ever in any league. Yeah. No questions. Yeah, and... Like I said, we've gotten so sick of talking about Man City on ours because they do the same thing every week, and we're we we're out of words. What they win and superlatives. I don't even think we mention them anymore. We just say they won. Moving on. Yeah, but we did talk last week that they might struggle against Southampton tomorrow. Or yeah, we talked about yeah, yeah, I saw that. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, like it's getting to the point now where somebody's got to beat them before the league is over. Can we just take in in though? In their last five games, the team that has come the closest to beating them, West Brom. Yeah, they beat them 3-2. That's disappointing considering they also played, you know, Arsenal and Leicester in that time. Let's let's keep in mind that, Luke, our version of of West Brom having a hard time with, like, slipping up at Southampton was winning 2-0. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we were, we both predicted them to slip up, but then predicted them to still win. I know. So, I listen. They're like, stunning. They're stunningly good. It's it's very fun to watch. If I'm gonna poke a hole, I'm gonna poke a hole in their center backs. But they don't lose. They don't. They have the ball enough that it doesn't even matter. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, they're freaking good. Yeah, it's painful. All right, I think we beat the EPL to death. Uh, why don't, why don't so. we jump back over to our side of the pond? How about the MLS? We got two semifinal matchups this week. This, uh, yes. This has been my favorite MLS season that I've ever watched. Because for the first time ever, you have teams that are seriously willing to spend money in a big way and actually make things interesting with Atlanta United and Toronto. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, it's a shame that Atlanta went out to Columbus as early as they did. Um, Yeah. But it's been really entertaining. The playoffs have been dreadful, but the whole league has been – it's been a really good year for MLS. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, like huge step forward for North American footy. Um, Well overdue. God, if Toronto plays Seattle again. In the finals, I'm going to have an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I mean we've got to get there first. Gotta I'm get really there first. nervous about the crew. I'm really nervous about the crew. I think it's nice that we're uh, getting our two uh, best players back. That'll, that'll help. That will. I, I think, yeah. I think having... it's Here's the thing. TFC have to win. A no, draw for sure. is nothing. Yeah, so, I, unless it's a 0-0, zero, zero, they, like, they've got to win. And the best games TFC have played this year have been games where they've thrown balls to the wall to win. And, I mean, like, especially you look, they played the Red Bull in Toronto on September 30th or something, and they won 4-2. And it was like a statement game. They came out and balled. 
Oh, yeah. They played Chicago in Chicago in the summer, came out and balled 3-0. They played, actually, it might have been 3-1. They played Atlanta away the last day of the season, drew 2-2, but in that game legitimately could have won 6-1. Like, they had about five breakaways. And, I mean, when TFC come out and want to send the message and win games, which is, that's exactly what this is, there's a very decent chance that they put on a show. They're very dangerous when they want to do that. But there's also yeah. a very decent chance that they go a bit too all out and then Columbus take one on the break. Yeah, it's a big risk. It's a big risk. It's going to be good. Like, I'm going to be watching. I'll be watching. I, I, I wish I was watching. I'm working. Oh, no. I'm so You mad. should quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish that's how it worked. Yeah. Hey, boss, I got to go watch a soccer game. See you later. Yeah. Don't worry. We have TVs it, at work. It, I'm going to put it on. What what Man, about the West? You tore your ACL. What, <laughs> what about the West though? What about Seattle and, and Houston? I I legitimately have no idea what to make of this matchup. Two nothing going back to Seattle. I think they're sitting pretty. They're they're definitely sitting pretty, but that means two goals and anything could happen though. Yeah, I I think if I think if Houston score early. Then it, Seattle will will sit in a shell for the rest of the game, and then it'll get really interesting. Yeah, yeah. But if Seattle score first, it's done. It'll be like five nothing. Like, yeah, if it, like it, it's one of those games where it's it's gonna go to one extreme. It's not you're not gonna get a drab nil nil. No, you're gonna get see either Seattle park it and Houston run at them, or Seattle run away with it because Houston doesn't want to go down more. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, also, I won't even be watching if TFC don't go through tomorrow. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. I, I mean, I'll, I'm, I'll, pro- I'll probably still watch, but... I'm not a big enough fan of the MLS. Not yet. To... So here's here's an interesting question, then. Okay. So, so, so this is... And I guess this ties into the whole, like, league versus club thing. With the whole save the crew movement, so the whole Columbus crew moving to Austin, Texas business... Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of people who legitimately will stop watching the league if yeah. this happens. Yeah. So, I just, I, I was curious because I, I don't know, I, like, not a lot of people I talk to, a lot of people I talk to will only watch their team. They don't really follow the league. And I was curious as to what you guys thought about, like, whether they should stay, whether you care if they go or not, what the deal is. Luke, you go ahead. Like, I'll answer after. I. I'd like to see them stay and TFC's had issues with Columbus for years, but it's, it's grown into a rivalry. Like we play them in the Trillium cup. We like we've, we've had a long and Columbus has been in the league forever. Like it's going to be weird not having the crew in the MLS. Like I, I hope they stay. I think they've got a decent fan base, not top tier, but it's, it's just a team that you kind of feel weird to not have like kind of kind of like losing the seattle supersonics and the nba it, it is weird stunning, not. it is stunningly the exact same scenario as the seattle supersonics it is and yeah. i was i was gonna say the same thing like tfc's rivalry with the crew has become one of the biggest bigger rivalries in the league recently because both teams have been playing well the trillium cup is actually something to look forward to every year 
And yeah, like losing the crew would be huge. To me, uh, I, I have there's like so many holes with everything that's going on. I mean, like I think it's I think it's just wrong in in a sense because it's allowed their owner Anthony Freecourt to subvert the expansion system. Like he he's he paid half as much to buy the crew as other people are paying to join as an expansion side. Yeah. Like he paid something like seventy million dollars, and everybody else is paying hundred fifty. Um, and then, uh, Luke, I think you're partially right in that they they do have a really dedicated group of supporters, but it is quite small. They have like, yeah, they have like, it's actually, I shouldn't say that it's quite similar to draw in that there's like eight to 10,000 people who are there every match. Yeah. The problem with the crew is that the other 10,000 people who you need to go all the time, just don't go like at, at Toronto, I I can't remember who it was, but I saw like a. I saw a weird, I don't know. I saw a weird stat, but it was saying how, the majority of TFC fans go to multiple games a season. Yep. It it it's they have a lot of repeat fans. I well, would we try. be stunned. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't be stunned if the crew had few repeat fans and, and people kind of go at one time and then they're like, wow, this is too far and the the infrastructure isn't there i'm not gonna go again you know what that you know what it would remind me of then if that's the case the ottawa senators situation their Wait. stadium is so far from like anything yeah. else really because i've been to, i've been to multiple sends games while i've been in ottawa it's less than a half hour drive yeah but isn't that the point is that it's not okay it's but like not can you tell me how many it? how many toronto fans are in the actual downtown core of toronto Going to well, Maple Leaf games. True, I'll, it's different. I'll give you that. It, it, it's different though. Like, you get to a Sens game from downtown Ottawa in under twenty-five minutes. You cannot do that if you're going from Mississauga to Toronto or Burlington to Toronto. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh well, yeah, no, not from Burlington, no. Um, like, you, it's just not. It's think, not possible. I think the the big thing with the crew, at least comparing to TFC, but TFC. It, you have the train, like you have the go train. It's reasonable with the crew, like the, the transit, it's like, it drops you off like a mile and a half from yeah. the stadium or something. No, I know. And they would have and to, they, if they want to stay, they have to fix that and make it easier for fans the, to get there. There's also the fact of the surrounding areas, like Ottawa's big issue is it's not downtown Ottawa. So downtown Ottawa isn't obsessed with it. It's just outside downtown Ottawa and there's nothing else there. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing literally else nothing else there. Just outside Ottawa. But then you go to Columbus. Uh, remember when we went to Ontario Cup? Didn't we stay like next to Scotiabank Place or whatever it's called? Yeah, as close uh, as we I, could. I am pretty sure I stayed with my family when we went. So. Yeah, you stayed with your family. Okay. We did yeah, stay yeah, very, yeah. very close Here to it, Kieran. Um, yes. Okay. Good. I'm not. Yeah. So we, the, then the stadium's Columbus, in right? Canada. So. Yeah. 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 You go to Columbus. We've been to Columbus many times. There's nothing around columbus there's it's, barely anything this, in columbus exactly the stadium then, the stadium is like it's probably a 25 minute drive from the downtown core but it's north of the city and it's next to a fairground and there's like not really adequate parking and there's not really adequate infrastructure around it, and like no it's there's just, not it's in a you can tell it's in a spot that was designed 25 years ago when that pre was built. Yeah. Yeah. 
But, but here's my Toronto, here's my question though. Here, here's my question: Is he this determined to move the club and spend X amount of dollars to build a new stadium, X amount of dollars to build up a fan base? Why doesn't he just renovate the current stadium situation, renovate the parking lots? So, I'll do all that to make it easier for people to come where they already have a fan base. What's the point? So that's a really good question, and it's kind of a not straightforward answer. Part of it is that the rumor is he's been promised a tax dollars funded stadium in Austin. Um, okay, and, that would and, answer and my first question. And, and that's part of that's a lot of the 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 new MLS expansion teams that are up for for interest. So FC Cincinnati are one, Sacramento are one, Detroit are one. Yeah, uh, Nashville is the other one. Most of those clubs and Miami, most of those clubs are part of their bid is a taxpayer funded stadium. Yeah. And some of the owners are chucking their own money into it, but few are. Okay. Fair. Um, the, pr- the problem is with somewhere like map free is the taxpayers aren't going to fund it because it's not like you can use it for other events. It's not like, so with, for example, with the potential Austin deal, it would be a downtown core stadium but they could use that for concerts or okay, fair enough. other stadium-based things you could do. Fair um, enough. I, I think the Austin thing is stupid. I think it, there's few merits. The, the idea is that it's a faster-growing metro area than Columbus is. Um, but like, there's a lot of things that the crew could do to, to increase their attendance and increase what's going on around them. Easily. There's clearly... There's clearly a loyal group of businesses that would be willing to pour money into the club. And I mean, they have Ohio State like right there. up the road. Yeah, right there. And and that's not their target demographic for fans, which is unbelievable. Yeah, like how would you not if I'm an Ohio State student, how do you not go, man, let's grab cheap tickets and just go tailgate at Columbus? Yeah. It's like twelve dollars to go to a let's crew go game. Tailgate at Columbus crew game. Because the Buckeyes are playing tomorrow or something. Yeah. And we need to stretch. Yeah. We need to stretch. We need yeah. to practice, all right? Yeah. Well, no, it, it's it's just strange. Yeah. Strange no, it is. Me, especially, like, yeah. Yeah. I I yeah. couldn't yeah. believe it when I first heard it, but I guess it I might actually know. happen. I, I still think they'll stay. I, I, have I hope sinking, they do. I have a hopeful feeling they'll stay, but we'll see. I well, hope we went do. three for three on that. That we all kind of want them to stay, even though... They are a big rival. You can respect the rivalry. That was very Canadian of us. Yeah, well, you know, I, you know what? Part of why I hope they stay, like, I don't even, the Trillium Cup is whatever. I hope they stay because if FC Cincinnati join, think about how hype that's going to be. That that's going to be pretty cool, actually. That would be, that's, that's like the, the Ohio Derby. And I think I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big league fan. Like, I actually watch, I'll watch most of the MLS. Like, there's a couple teams I won't watch just because they're bad, but I'll follow most of the league. And, like, one of the things that's really starting to appeal to people is that almost every club has a team that they hate. Like, yeah. Toronto, Toronto Montreal has yeah. become one of the most entertaining derbies in MLS. In the, like, there was a video on YouTube by Copa 90, who are like a big soccer YouTube channel. Yeah. They had a video last year saying, Is this the best derby in the world? And it was about Toronto Montreal. It's up there. And that cr- and that crazy playoff series. And it's not outrageous to say it's up there. 
Like we're talking about 25,000 people with flares, with TIFOs, with smoke, with streamers, with rocket stadiums. They have history. They're, they've hated each other for 400 years. They hate each other in other sports. Yeah. Like it's it's a real thing. It's probably the fastest at, growing rivalry in soccer. That 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 playoff that playoff series was was fire was kindling. Yeah. Was kindling. Easily. And and then you you have in the league you have the New York Derby now in in New York City, City versus New York Bulls. Red Bull. You have the fact that Atlanta United and Orlando is a derby because yep. Orlando's quite northern Florida and they hate each other. And then add in Beckham's Miami team. You have another Florida Derby. Yep. You have Dallas, Houston hate each other in Texas. You have San Jose and LA Galaxy in the Classico. You have LA Galaxy and LAFC for next year. Seattle, Portland. Van- Seattle, Portland, Vancouver, and Cascadia. It It's very quickly becoming that almost every team in the league has a legitimate team that they hate and that attracts legitimate attention to watch. Yeah. And And adding more of that is good. It's true. Like just on that note of how much Toronto people hate Montreal, we actually in my house, there's six of us and we all unanimously despise the Canadians. Sure. We put on Habs games when they're already losing just to watch <laughs> them lose. You're kidding me, right? Like no, we have this. we have Game Center. If I'm aware there's like three minutes left in the, in the Habs game and they're down, we put it on just to watch them lose. Wow. You're a psychopath. It's thrilling. We I didn't do that in first day. year when I was there. What happened? I'm a more horrible human. Now. <laughs> I got to do that with United and Liverpool. Man, and Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I'm not turning on every that Everton game. Well. though. <laughs> but man, like, it's it's very messed up, and I I know it's messed up, but I actually am not a huge. We t- I discussed this with like guys I was playing soccer with. Winning is amazing purely because it's the alternative to losing. Yeah, like losing is the worst feeling in the world. Okay, fair. So if you win and you get to promote that horrible feeling onto people that you hate <laughs> a la the Habs nice. it's a great feeling yeah, so yeah, we yeah. just watch the Habs get the worst feeling in the world like they're on a seven game lose streak like when Brandon Gallagher fought someone because they were losing <laughs> horribly and he threw his helmet down the like and he was like kicking garbage cans and he was throwing a little temper being a tantrum baby, yeah. I was in hysterics that I can see you being That's in goals. hysterics for Oh my god, like I hate the Habs so much. And the fact that they're falling apart and have like the worst general manager in the league is super awesome. Oh, they they were our tire fire of the week last week. So, I mean, we are totally aware of it. Perfect. That's That's a a good good segue. segue. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a perfect segue. Why don't we do that? So, we started this last week, guys. I don't know if you heard it, but we're going to talk tire fires of the week. And we're going to have all our many followers vote on which one they think is the actual tire fire of the week. Okay. So I have a pretty interesting one. I tweeted, we tweeted it off our, uh, our main page for garage door sports. It's the Western Kentucky punter. 
Oh, I saw this. Yeah, this they were horrific. they were down 27-17 in the third quarter. They tried to pull a fake punt. The punter couldn't throw the ball. He fell down, dropped the ball, got kicked around, and Florida International picked up the fumble and ran it in for a touchdown. It legitimately looked like one of those clips out of Madden where, like, the players just glitch out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that, that was pretty funny. It was that's, very that's entertaining to watch, and I that that's was just the definition of a tire fire. But I know, Luke, you had a good one that you wanted to say, so we'll go with yours next, and then, oh, Kieran, yeah, the you get one after that. The one I went with was uh, last weekend Crystal Palace were playing – and 80th minute plus. So Stoke really want to beat the worst team in the league. So they've thrown their center back forward. Okay. And the ball's gone out to the right wing. Jordan Shakiri has put an absolute peach of a cross in. He's whipped it. It's gone curved behind the defenseman head height. It's probably six inches away from the goal line. And center back Ryan Shawcross has the openest of goals the openest and he makes the most spectacular defensive clearance i've ever seen in my entire life when he could have won the game <laughs> and then to boot they've gone down the other end and lost the game crystal palace has scored in the 90th minute <laughs> to win the game it was the equivalent of patrick stepan not pa- yeah patrick stefan missing the empty net Against oh, against the, against the Oilers. Hemschke goes down the other way and scores for the Oilers to send it to overtime. Oh, it was God. the soccer equivalent of that, and it was amazing. Kieran sent it to me over text or something like that, and I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah, I, like, I did see if, it. I know exactly what you're talking about. And tweet it out. I will. It's Don't amazing. worry. Yeah, I, I saw that one. That one was, yeah, it was bad. To miss the open net is one thing. But he doesn't get back and just leaves his team out to dry. And Chris Palace goes, yeah, that was, oh, yeah, that was bad. It's a pretty good tire fire. I'll let you have that one. (laughs) So, so I I don't want to rain on either of your guys' parades, but um, mine's going to be Lukaku's miss today. Dude. (laughs) I I don't think it's as bad as that punt. No, no, I don't think it's as bad as either, but I have to suggest one. Okay, fair enough. So, so. I, I, honestly, I knew nothing about this until four seconds ago. I was going to say. Um, because I, I opened up the, the Garage Door Sports at Garage Door Sport on Twitter um, to see the pun again, refresh my mind. You know how it is. <laughs> um, and then I pressed home, and the first thing was, Lukaku, learn how to use your common sense. How can you miss such a chance? What is wrong with you, fam? At Lukaku, at Pogba, at United. Jeez. Uh, and, and I... What? How? <laughs> um, that that right there is a man low on confidence. He's snake bitten. That's the yeah, best he, way to put it. He's snake bitten. Luke, did, remember when we were talking about Newcastle? So we talked about the United Newcastle game and yeah. how he did that double pump and roofed it. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. That's a man scared to miss. And he did the exact same thing and missed. No, he like triple, quadruple pumped on this one and couldn't oh, even yeah, shoot. Yeah. And then and then rounded the keeper and then got a block. Yeah, so uh, uh, that the one. Jesse Lingard miss from today was pretty horrific as well. That was spectacular. Yeah, but that's, that's run-of-the-mill for Lingard. 
<laughs> yeah, he's bad, but that's that's normal. That's that's a, a average day at the shop. This, this is true. I actually, I, I haven't I haven't oh seen this one either. Let's see I if just, I can just, find a video. I just rewatched the Lukaku miss, and I, 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 I understand. <sighs> Lukaku's really good, guys. Uh, don't you wish you had Maratha? Shut up. <laughs> I feel like Luke is going to kill Kieran on their next podcast now, and I'm sorry about that, boys. But what am I going to kill him about? His team's playing better than mine. Hey, we're sitting above. He better. He has better players. We're sitting above. That scores goals. Look, look. I'll trade. I'll trade you. I'll trade you, uh, David Luiz for Pogba, and you can play David Luiz in midfield. Go away. No. Okay. What what kind of universe? <laughs> go, go away. Yeah, I'll give, sure. I'll give you. We'll give, <laughs> I'll give you Mishi. <laughs> I'll give you Batshuayi. Kieran, Kieran, go away. We we don't we don't need to hear your bad talk. Okay, no more. Fine. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you Austin Matthews for TJ Oshi. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> like that's what that's what you're asking. <laughs> I had to think about that for a second. I was like, hold on, wait, is TJ Oshi really good? Yeah, no, okay, no, I'll take that off. He's, he's okay. He's pretty good. He's okay. He's the second best player to ever score three goals in one penalty shootout. <laughs> and that's his the, claim to fame. It is. The first being Taze? The first being Taze. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know, we're super off track, so who cares? Um, my first ever visit to the McMaster campus was to watch that Taze shootout at the campus bar with my mom. Nice. Really, eh? Nice. That is the first time I'd ever been to my future university. There you go. Yeah. And you've Super lived down the road. Right? You've down the road. You've lived down the road from it for how long? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't live next to it anymore. I live far away now. Now? As in BC? Yeah. No, no, my family lives <laughs> in Brantford now. Oh, they do? Yeah. Yeah, we moved. Super relevant. Oh. We're, we're hey, well Thank on you track. for that, guys. Yeah. And with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna say thank you to both of you for joining us today. I really do appreciate Absolutely. you guys jumping on. Anytime you need help. Yeah. Maybe next time well, we'll stay on topic when we get to the tire fires, but I can be certain that we won't. I know. I can <laughs> hope. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Thank you guys. Uh for yeah, those of you who don't know them, Luke and Kieran podcast on SoundCloud. Make sure you give it a listen if you're a soccer fan. They talk every week about the EPL. Great conversations. I loved, by the way, yesterday you guys did those concept teams of players that you wish didn't leave your club. I loved it. So I hope you guys keep doing that. Anyone you have to add? I'm curious. Yeah, if there's anyone for, like, United fan, is there anyone I missed that you think deserved a little more credit? Oh, I was thinking about this today. Um the one person I thought might have made the bench. And this is the bench, so hear me yeah. out. Um, might have been Vidic the moment he left. I thought that's he had fair. one good year after. Yeah, yeah that's fair. I yeah, thought he had one good but... year after when he went to Milan, and then he's just kind of been, yeah. But when he left, yeah, I thought it. he left too early. That's the same as your Evra point, I think. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a very equivalent Evra point. Um, the reason I went with other people is because they left on a fee. Yeah. So I went with Vidic leaving on a free, which is why I left them off. That's fair. No, I, that was my only but one that I, I was did, like, yeah, maybe. I agree that I, 
I would have loved to keep him a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry, I distracted you from your own outro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, make sure you give them a follow. They are great guys. They also write for Last Word on Sports. They're on the soccer side. Luke's writing for the Manchester team, and, you know, Kieran's doing Chelsea. So <laughs> give them a follow. They, they're really good guys. Great podcast. Thank you guys once again. And for everyone here at Garage Door Sports, we will see you next week.